0: Taking Command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. morning an early morning ocean view with dawn tinting little clouds cut to them in bed how holds her and she is filled with emotion as he is will this is god's doing that is why i'm here otherwise he turns her to him and looks at her with truth you are everything to me elizabeth only in you do I find God's very truth and nature of love. Never doubt my intention. Wherever you go, I go as well. We are God's fellowship, E. Do you know what I say to my lead column before battle? E shakes her head and Hal becomes the general. I shall not desire one of you to go a step farther than where I go myself at your head my love. You are part of my fellowship now. We will always be together. I don't know how, but we will. Never doubt the depth of my love for you. E smiles brilliantly through her tears, and he becomes a boy in love as his words free her to explore him a bit more under the covers. He is in ecstasy. How is dressing, now, to go to the meeting with the Admiral as Elizabeth still lies in bed? She asks him in a very girlish voice, Will, I have never asked you about the gold star on your uniform. What does it mean? This is the Masonic Holy Royal Arch Star with the eight points of fellowship. Why did my hero receive it? That is secret but it has to do with knowing divine love. The way in which I do? Eve becomes ever more brilliant as she lends herself to her words. Yes, Hal says. Without difference, Eve says. Yes. One more question, Howe nods. As Elizabeth speaks, she becomes creative with wisdom. Receiving the star is not the end. But the beginning of your quest hmm, to find that which is lost and wanting in me the lost word within, how smiles and shakes his head true-feeling building as he comes over to her and carefully lies atop the bed next to her, encircling her with his arms. He whispers, very moved, Oh, my love, I feel it. You could not have received this wisdom without being of our God. E's eyes flow in tears of love as Hal whispers, Now promise me, Elizabeth, from the center of your divine being that you will always be mine without end with my seal he says as she crosses her wrists one over the other between her breasts that lies between myself and god i am yours always william without end we see william smile and close his eyes As light tears form at the edges. Scene 52 8 a.m., beautiful morning. Admiral Howe and General Howe on deck. Admiral Howe says, You have every reason to be carried away by Elizabeth. Upon reflection, my opinion of her has been raised to a very high pitch. They both mirror spirit together. Admiral Howe says, Her spirit, her unerring heart. She is your ship's intuitive meta-center." William. You keep that one. She'll write you every time. The general looks with unusual praise, brother. I intend to. This is my plan, William says. The admiral raises his hand. Before we get to that, tell me about Warren the Grand Master of the Masons, a Mighty One. I felt him there at a distance during the moment. He was their cornerstone and an open vessel for God's intent. Found out from a Tory doctor, Jeffreys, a friend of his, that he was the best doctor in Boston, leader of everything, participated to the end in most battles and last of them on the hill where I found him fighting three of ours with a sword, entirely courageous. A coward's bullet struck him right in front of me. Had he lived, we would be facing him in battle and not Washington. Warren was their one friend risen in God. I see, the admiral says. Instead of a walkover, we would be facing the creative mind of Warren, and our current situation might be considerably different. The general thinks that over and nods. Very likely. Very likely, admiral. A worthy contest against a full deck. Hard to resist, brother. (laughs) The general relishes the thought a moment longer with a small smile as his hand rounds the hilt of his sword. Be that as it may, the admiral says, never having had a moment akin to yours, to any grand degree, I am wondering if you have had any doubts about it. My conclusions? The general asks. The admiral nods. No. That was God. Rather, I have wondered the part I am to play, and then I realized what I needed to do would come to me intuitively. Our fencing conversation delineated some of it, and other pieces will come. William, I need more proof before I participate in this very risky business. I will send one of my officers, Lieutenant. Philip Brown across the bay to New York under a flag of truce with a letter to Washington in order that he may consider what or whom guides their actions. Do what you must. I say we send in Patterson. If God is in play through our Masonic counterpart, he will know. Admiral Howe has his mind made up and waves over Lieutenant Brown. Lieutenant, You have your orders. Yes, sir. I see. A done deal already, the general chuckles. All right then, Admiral. Try it out with your man first. Scene 53. General Washington's headquarters. Number one, Broadway, New York. Colonel Patterson arrives with his American escort by horseback. Guards stand at attention in the entrance, and then they present arms as Patterson is escorted between them. Inside of the headquarters, we see Washington seated at a table with his officers semi-circled behind him. There is a vacant chair opposite Washington. At first, Washington stands and greets Patterson, and then they sit. Patterson begins, Sir, Lord Howe meant no disrespect when his officer met with you and proffered his letter addressed to you. He holds you in the highest esteem. Patterson takes the same letter used by the Admiral's Lieutenant Philip Brown from his pocket and places it in front of Washington. The letter is addressed to Washington, Esquire, etc., etc., not General Washington, Washington reads the envelope without touching it and finds it to be the same offensive one. They sit there in silence and Washington does not react. Patterson knows it is still his move. The use of etc. etc. implies everything that should follow. Washington, it so does and anything Washington retorts, this is mere private correspondence, not of a public nature. I cannot accept it. Washington's General Reed wears an intuitively brilliant presence as he shares a speaking look with General Green. That's it. Private means Masonic. Patterson continues, our benevolent king has appointed Lord and General Howe as peace commissioners to accommodate this unhappy dispute. I am not vested with any congressional powers, Washington says on this subject, and it is my understanding that Lord Howe has come with authority to only grant pardons, and if that is so, he has come to the wrong place. As Washington speaks, he grows with presence and power from within as he says the next line those who have committed no fault want no pardon we are only defending what we deem our indisputable rights patterson's demeanor up until this point had been one of a veiled disparaging nature because washington had failed to understand the private or secret Masonic intent. Now he is truly affected by Washington's change. He moves slightly back in his chair. His mouth starts to open with a what behind it, which he quickly closes. Patterson has been cut off guard by the weight and substance of Washington's divine presence, which mirrors through his staff generals that are all Master Masons, and through Patterson as well, who is also one He looks as though he has seen a ghost, even though he is also permeated. Patterson stumbles over his next words, but what he says is that he feels God in the details. I am sorry that an adherence to forms might obstruct business of the greatest moment and concern. Patterson's face shows that he is all that he needs now to report back to the house. He starts to rise from his chair, paying close attention to his movement so as not to stumble as he is still under the effect of Washington's divine presence. Washington takes all of this in with a light Please, Colonel Patterson, join us for lunch. Patterson still has the look of, the cat is out of the bag, and I must report. No, I must graciously decline, General, having partaken of a late breakfast. All are mirroring heroic zeal. I completely understand, Washington says. Then allow me to introduce my staff to you. You will find them, I am sure, to be the very best of friends, weighted as they are with Providence's zeal allow me then. As Washington says their name, they come forward and shake hands with Patterson. Each one of them nods with the right stuff. F-16 fighter pilot, alignment and zeal. General Knox, Washington says. Knox comes forward. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Colonel Patterson. I am honored as well, sir. General Reed, I believe. You have already met when you first arrived at the shore. Patterson and Reed beam in pure fellowship as they each bow to the other and then nod. Washington continues with Nathaniel Green, Samuel Webb, John Sullivan, Israel Putnam, William Alexander, and Lord Sterling at the end of the introductions. You are in very good company, General Washington. Thank you for allowing me to meet your fellowship. Patterson puts his hand to his heart, as do all the Masons. Thank you, Colonel Patterson. Lord Sterling will see you to your escort. They leave. The Mirren staff knows they are to depart as well. Reed and Washington share a look. Masons on all sides, Reed. Washington, they've come to see who we are. There is no question now, and that was why the envelope was addressed as it was. Masonic business is always private. General, the one mind is behind this. Reed, you are correct. I did not see into this before. I am beginning to come round to Franklin's idea that this may be the time that masons on both sides are in play in the great architect's design. If Patterson is Howe's top aide, your counterpart Reed, then his family is similarly wrought and conformed in God. I fear, though, Reed says, the road ahead will not be an easy one. His staff have been soldiers since they were very young. Their profession is arms, wherein they profess God in their action. We are lawyers, booksellers, doctors, and farmers. We will write our experience, Reed, through God. I must say, I can never figure out how's next move. You don't have to, General. All you have to do is go within and listen to what you should do. Then, with your free will, you align with God's will. It is our choice. How does that automatically? He is entirely intuitive, the way we are in our professions. Thank you, Reed, for always reminding me. Franklin said as much. Did you see that look on Patterson's face, General? Revealing. He came in thinking he was meeting with titleless rabble, Washington says. And what he met was true American character, God's character, Reed. Scene 54 Colonel Patterson's meeting with the Howes on General Howe's ship, the Greyhound, is in progress. Patterson says, the meeting admiral, general, was going nowhere. Washington refused to acknowledge your letter for the same reason. He sees himself as a general and did not understand its private Masonic intent. I sounded a few conciliatory notes. Washington countered with his understanding that the Admiral could only grant pardons, and if that is so, he has come to the wrong place, and then he said words in such a way they mirror in memory still. Those who have committed no fault want no pardon. We are only defending what we deem our indisputable rights and on the spot, Master Mason Washington grew with immense presence and zeal. His was a stunning transformation. Good thing we were not the table general, for I was nothing but tells. Their general Knox smiled at me with, You look like you have seen a ghost. I suppose I had seen a ghost. The Holy Ghost of Washington. The general finds that amusing. Patterson continues, I had to pay close attention to my every movement. Washington then introduced me to his staff that truly is a seeking band of brothers of the mystical science of our order. The Howe brothers share a look. Thank you, Colonel. Well done, Admiral Howe says. This information remains with us says General Howe. Yes, sir. Patterson leaves. We commend ourselves with spirit, not with ink, General Howe says. The brothers nod to each other in a continuing movement. The son of man cometh in an hour when ye think not. Still in the exploratory phase, Robert? No, not now, William never seen cool calm collected patterson quite like that robert god is taking command his call is going out those who recognize the feel of it have been in tone with intuition to varying degrees and a few to a grand degree as always we must be ever vigilant and rely on god's will only we have the advantage by nature, for we, Howes, say little and write less, that can be weighed in against us later. True, the Admiral says, resistance, though, will mount with time. Howes says, if need be, we can count on Patterson, Cornwallis, Percy, Grant, Gray, Kemble, and Balfour to back us up. Robert, most officers, ministers, and our cousin the king have all entertained our same Masonic doctrine to varying and vacillating degrees, except Burgum. All will understand that to act for the benefit of God's cause is to serve the king. Good, the admiral says. The general continues, There will be a battle soon. Unfortunately, blood must be shed again. We will do our part, and they theirs. God is in play, so we must keep our wits about us to perceive his next move. We wait, however long it takes, for Washington to be raised further in our mystical science, so he can show forth in military science what he does not now. Then he will act the part of a general on the field. Until that time, we play at war and keep Clinton and the ministry at bay. Otherwise, this American cause will not survive. You have your work cut out for you, General. Delicate business this, playing the line on all sides, General Howe nods. I will begin maneuvering my heavy ships around the harbor and up and down the East River, Then the fleet will sail for New York, colors flying and guns saluting for effect. Brother, as I see it, our entire lives, our education, masonry, my profession, yours, has had but one purpose to further God's design for American freedom. Our performance therein will enable it to gain a foothold and become the sacred ground wherein all may know God's liberty within themselves. The Admiral says Franklin said as much, America, Jerusalem delivered, so be it, William, You have my hand in this most noble and sacred cause, they shake. Speaking of ground, what is your ground game, general? The general is halfway to the door. Ground game? I'll tell you when it comes to me. Right now, I contemplate God's holy ground. His brother smiles with a hint of a question. The general confirms with a smiling nod. Scene 55, late afternoons, Staten Island Shore, Elizabeth and Howe are on horses in conversation. Hmm, you want to right here, he says. She looks around and seeing no one smiles and finds herself falling and merging in love with him. She shakes her head and regains herself with a delicious giggle. (laughs) Hal wonders where this is going with great anticipation. You'll have to catch me first. No, E E puts her heels to her horse, and we see her tear down the shore as her hair unravels from its tie and becomes an enticing tail as Hal gives chase with a huge smile. The camera pulls back and we see the two riders on a great expanse of sand and now the camera draws in as his horse gains on her to the delight of both of them. Camera cut to a frigate in the bay. A commander is looking through his glass. Admiral, look at that. Who are they? One seems to be a girl. The commander looks delighted by what he sees. The admiral raises his glass and trains it along the shore. The commander says, I cannot see clearly, But could that be your brother, the general? Can't be. He is with his staff planning. (laughs) His staff is in play indeed, sir. The admiral, looking through his glass, speaks now as an admiral. Commander, have you those Hudson River charts I requested? Directly, sir. He leaves, and the admiral puts glass to eye one more time and mutters to himself sacred ground indeed cut back to the beach where Howe has caught up elizabeth's reins and slows her panting horse with his he is delighted and flushed from the ride she lets him lead their horses to the wood he takes her from the saddle i want you even more now he beams and is in love he kisses her and she softens all around him as all becomes one he takes off his jacket and lays it on the ground you do not mind if (laughs) he smiles and lies down upon it and closes her eyes with the smile of god's saint as her arms lift slowly toward him in utter confidence his look is the same such is their effect on the other he kisses her and lays his head upon her bosom and then slowly opens her buttons as he kisses her neck the camera pulls back through the trees and all that we see is an impression of lovemaking in slowness as the camera turns toward the setting sun that dips in utter ecstasy into the ocean all at once, and then stillness reigns. E is so moved, she smiles and tears, and he holds her. Thank you, God, for my little girl. E says slowly and reverentially, If we passed on right now, this fullness would be ours for eternity. They sit a while longer, and E begins saying her poetry. William loves it, and his face shows all. If time should ever let us die, set us adrift side by side, in a royal craft of ancient wood, strewn with flowers of every hue. Then will we glide upon a starlit sea with three medieval queens who will in attendance be. Solemnly they will stand their posts, acknowledging the passing of love on earth. From the bow they will cast our golden rings from off our hands. By the light of the moon, two meld into one. For all of time A single band of love. William holds her more tightly. Lit from the shore than nothing of us, but our glory shall remain, he says. Beautiful, Elizabeth answers. The poet is correct. We die by Venus, not by Mars. He looks at him anew. My little Venus, we cannot pass on. America needs me and you as my inspiration. It is our duty to see God's will through. Only if we are ever like this, William. We will, he says, forever does your divine proportion teach me how to be. Oh, you, she says. (laughs) How helps E up, and she straightens her dress as they both brush the leaves away. Soon it will be dark, and no one will see, How says. E nods as they walk their horses to the water's edge. The moon is rising, and a great horned owl calls, and E whistles back an eight-noted call that the owl answers. He calls again, and she replies, Hal listens and feels the formed relation between them. I believe you too were in tone. We were, William, amazing feel from older owls. I have not done that in a long time. Not everyone would understand. True, not many, especially here. Too provincial, he says. The moon, William, she is so beautiful. Look at her face. There are her eyes. See the nose and the wide mouth? She points all out to him. He smiles and takes her in his arms. No one's mouth is. He kisses her and she rests her head on his chest. I love you, my little one. You are my meta as well. He looks and loves what he says next robert said that you have an excellent heart and that you are my medicenter, and will ever write my ship with love they share a mirroring moment elizabeth heart is the quality most valued amongst warriors he meant you would hold the line e nods with gravity Meta Center, coined from a Venetian sailing word to explain the Masonic mystery and change in a wave. With change comes wisdom, he says. Zeus swallowed Meta, change, and wise Athena sprung from her head. William, it doesn't matter what we take in, only what comes out of us. Darling, your delight is all that I crave, he looks. When we are one, the camera pulls back as we see the merge in the moonlight cut to the ride back. And now they walk their mounts up the long lane through the approach lamps to their mansion the general says something we do not hear the camera takes in their silence and Elizabeth's face as she becomes innocently animated with such a diffusion of serene joy that it rendered the most agreeable mirroring turn to the general's face He takes her in and knows she is of the moment, and the lightest smile curves his mouth in reverential wonderment. Their horses walk on in silence, and at the right moment, Howes says, he knew you from the beginning. Elizabeth lets all that was said weigh in before she picks up a stick and speaks as she draws a figure eight from a point that is at x now we see her start to draw once more at the midpoint as she swoops up to the left the beginning by withdrawing he made room for and mirrored the word when there were no depths i was brought forth with his breath The word is our mooring at X. William, it comes to me. This is the Trinitarian dance within, wherein we circle inward to our word at X and upward to the Father in the Holy Spirit. This twofold intercourse is love eternal, spiritual circumcision. The camera is on their faces and fades back slowly. Their eyes brim with tears.